Now we hear the term school choice. What does it really mean? It means private school choice. A proposal allocating more public money to private schools has its day in both chambers. For this body to deny the choice of education to any child based on the ability of their parents to pay, it should be considered criminal. From IPR News, this is the legislative podcast Under the Golden Dome. My school choice bill will create education savings accounts for families who choose to send their child to a private school. Governor Kim Reynolds is placing a high priority on a bill that provides more state funding for students to attend private schools. Apparently the governor's preferences, her priorities, are private schools for the few over public schools for the many. Democrats say the plan has the potential to hurt public schools. This bill will take monies that should be used in our public schools and it redirects them. Republicans disagree. This is not going to hurt our public school systems. It's going to enhance everyone in Iowa. Supporters say public schools aren't a fit for everyone. This legislation will honor the values of many families who have become disenfranchised by our one-size-fits-all education system. But opponents are concerned that a private school can reject potential new students. The truth is that these private schools exclude students for gender, race, creed, or disability. I'm John Pimple. This is Under the Golden Dome for the week ending January 27th, 2023. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. You know, some families may want an education that conforms to their faith and moral convictions. Governor Kim Reynolds talks about private school funding during her condition of the state address. Regardless of the reason, every parent should have a choice of where to send their child. And that should not be limited to families who can afford it. By the end of the first week of the session, the governor's bill comes before a Senate Education Subcommittee. We will form two lines at the door out into the hall, one pro, one con. It is attended in person by at least 100 people to offer testimony to the subcommittee panel. 250 more log in to see it virtually with Zoom video conferencing. Mary Coulter is a member of a public school board. Public school boards elected by community members oversee the work of the school and the use of public funds. This isn't true for private schools. Sarah Hazel says Catholic education has been a way of life for her family for three generations. Christian values and quality quality education are very important to us and our family. During week two of the session, the House of Representatives holds a public hearing for the governor's bill. Families are always going to disagree on how to educate their children. It's either going to be by force or freedom. And school choice is the only way to move away from this one-size-fits-all disaster. Samantha Fett and other proponents often refer to the bill as school choice, while opponents like Jaslyn Fitz call it a school voucher system. In my mind, vouchers are discriminatory towards disabled children because there is no guarantee or mandate that they will be accepted and properly supported in private schools. By the end of the second week of the session, House and Senate committees advance a bill that would spend around $106 million in fiscal year 2024. It would increase every year over four years. This is the third session the governor has proposed some kind of funding for a student's private education. But in the past, 
Only the Senate passed those bills. While the House has also been controlled by Republicans, there were enough who opposed it that it could not get through. Last year, some of those Republicans lost their primary elections to candidates backed by the governor. In the House, the private education spending bill comes from the new Education Reform Committee. Because it involves spending, it also has to go through the Appropriations Committee, but a resolution comes before the House of Representatives that would bypass this requirement. House Resolution 3 are the permanent rules for the, uh, this session of the General Assembly. Rules for the House have to be approved at the beginning of every General Assembly. There are 82 rules, and most remain the same from year to year. Some are revised to reflect the date. But the change to the 32nd rule is announced by Republican Representative Brent Segrist. Rule 32 change makes it uh, clear that any bills emanating from the uh, House Education Reform Committee this year are exempt from that uh, part of the rule so that they could be brought immediately to the floor. Why do we not want bills out of education reform, for example, those that cost a billion dollars over the course of four years? Why don't we want them to go through the process? Democratic Representative and House Minority Leader Jennifer Confirst is quoting an estimate of how much the school proposal could cost over the next four years. The bill cannot be debated unless this House resolution passes. To the 39 new members of this chamber, I am so sorry that your first vote is one that circumvents the process and that allows less oversight of incredibly expensive legislation. The resolution changing the House rule passes with five Republicans voting against. Immediately after passage, Republican Representative John Wills gives opening remarks for the private school spending bill. The opponents of this bill will call them vouchers over and over again tonight. It's not about vouchers. This bill is about savings accounts in the child's name that can be used for education and qualified expenses. During the first year of the bill, around $7,600 would be made available to a student's family with a household income that's 300% or less than the federal poverty level. So for a family of four making $83,000 a year or less, they would qualify. The $7,600 amount is based on what students attending public schools are allocated by the state. It would cover qualified expenses, which would include tuition, fees, tutoring, textbooks, and other things that are not consumable. The private schools would have autonomy to conduct business as they have in the past and teach how they te- teach what they teach and how they teach it. Uh, just a few questions, Representative Wills. Representative Confirst asks Representative Wills to yield for questions. Is there any requirement in this legislation or in previous legislation that requires that any, that any child be accepted at a private school? There's no requirement, but the most private schools do accept almost all students. Throughout this debate, Democrats repeat two arguments. Private schools pick and choose. Public funds belong in public schools. Democratic Representative Sue Cahill says 41 of Iowa's counties do not have an accredited non-public school. In many of these communities, there are no private schools that they can send their children to, available in their county or in their school district. This bill will take monies that should be used in our public schools, and it redirects them. It may not happen for a couple of years, and we may hear some disagreement on this point. But think of our education spending as a pie. If we are giving up a big piece of this pie for approximately 42,000 private school students, 
that's going to leave less of that pie for the remaining 450,000 public school students. This is the first bill that I will speak and vote on in the Iowa House. This debate lasts for five and a half hours and features many new legislators speaking for the first time in the chamber, like Democratic Representative Adam Zabner. Imagine what else we could do with this $344 million. $344 million is what a fiscal analysis projects to be the annual amount the state will spend on education savings accounts in 2027. $344 million is enough to nearly eliminate tuition for Iowa's 42,000 in-state college students at Regents Universities. It is enough to expand pre-K and help our workforce have the flexibility that they need. It is more than enough to make sure that we have enough paraeducators and that they are paid fairly and to provide quality mental health care to young Iowans. It is enough to help our public schools thrive. Democratic Representative Sammy Sheets says larger cities will benefit from this bill because that is where a higher volume of private schools are located. This legislation is a blank check to private schools in Iowa's biggest, wealthiest cities with no oversight, no accountability. And when it all falls apart, rural schools that close as a result of this legislation cannot just reopen easily. As often is the case, those opposed do most of the speaking. No Republicans speak in favor of the bill. And Democratic Representative Bob Cressing suggests they are being intimidated. I know last year, if people in the majority party objected to the governor's proposal, she went after them. And they're not here. They're gone. So I imagine there's kind of a fear factor in in the caucus, uh, majority party caucus, that they would be... uh, Representative Krasick, Krasick, point of order has been called. Representative Winchettel. Rule 10, Mr. Speaker, the representative is not talking about the subject matter at hand. Representative Winchell, okay. po- Representative Winchell your Whatever. point is well taken. Let's just keep going so we can get done. Representative, Representative Kressig. Rule 10 is called as a point of order. Rule 10 requires a representative's speech to remain within the scope of the bill at hand. When you stick masks on kindergartners and the parents object to it, and then you tell the parents to get lost, you better believe this is going to come up. Republican Representative Skyler Wheeler supports this bill and says it's in line with what previous Republican legislative sessions did, like in 2021, when mask mandates in public schools were prohibited. A bill was also passed putting limits on school teachings of certain concepts related to racism. When critical race theory got pushed on kids... State your point. Um, I'm, Mr. Speaker, I was under the impression we were supposed to be talking about House File 68... I do not believe the representative is staying within the scope of the legislation. Republican Representative Stephen Holt says under this bill, public schools will get some money for every student enrolled in private schools. For the first time, public schools will receive approximately $1,205 for every student from their district that is attending a private school. This has never been the case before. But it also means the public school is getting $1,200 instead of $7,500 for kids who leave a district's school. Representative Holt says private schools exist for families who want something they feel public schools can't or won't offer. Perhaps it is a more faith-based approach. Perhaps it is a focus on a certain academic specialty. If the need exists following the passage of school choice in Iowa, private schools are likely to be formed to meet those needs. Why would a parent want to, want to choose an educational savings account? 
Why? You know, they can just open a roll to the, another public school. Well, maybe they don't trust the public schools anymore. Representative Wills points to one public school in Iowa that allows students from 7th through 12th grade to meet with school officials about their gender identity and chosen pronoun. The school policy does not require informing the parents of a student's decision. This is a school refusing to tell parents about their children. Maybe that's why parents choose to go someplace other than public school. Maybe that's why. After a five-and-a-half-hour debate, the bill passes. All Democrats and nine Republicans oppose. The bill is also being considered at the same time on the other side of the Capitol building in the Senate, and that debate will take them past the midnight hour. This is the legislative podcast Under the Golden Dome. I'm John Pimble. Vehicle donations are a powerful way to fuel the programming you love on IPR. If you've got a clunker or a classic that you've been considering parting ways with, visit IPR.org vehicle to learn more. There is nothing wrong with a private education. In the Senate chamber, Democratic Senator and Minority Leader Zach Walls praises private education, but says he believes allocating millions of dollars of state money in one year to non-public schools will threaten future funding for public schools. The idea that we would take away resources from public education that are currently being used to improve how we educate our students is as out of touch as taxpayer dollars being used to pave a gated community's private driveway or to build a country club that's private that we can't all visit. Why on earth would we give private schools our taxpayer dollars when they don't have the mandate, the commitment, the responsibility and accountability to educate all of our students just like our public schools do? Republican Senator Jesse Green says he's concerned that some public schools aren't safe spaces to educate children. He says last year's bill banning transgender girl and women in public schools and colleges from participating in girls' or women's sports teams was a step in the right direction. Last year, we had to pass a law that declared girls' sports are for girls. The education lobby fought us every step of the way. Green says families should have public funds to help pay for their children's education in a school that aligns with their values. For those of you who believe that woke studies like CRT or gender studies should be taught in schools, guess what? Start your own private school now. Democratic Senator Sarah Trone Garriott says private schools can reject potential students, but public schools cannot. If we truly want all kids to benefit, no matter their religion, their race, their socioeconomic status, their sexuality or gender, their physical and intellectual needs, no matter who their parents are, no matter where they live, we would be making our public schools that accept all kids the priority. Funding our public schools first. Funding them well. Democratic Senator Herman Kornbach has concerns about the cost over the next four years. In the fourth year of the program, it starts at $107 million the first year. It quickly explodes, more than triples to $341 million in the fourth year of the program. More than a third of a billion dollars. The four-year cost is, in fact, almost a billion dollars, 918 million, 918 million new dollars. Wow. Many of my colleagues in the Senate today have opposed 
this bill using scare tactics, all in an effort to preserve a state-run monopoly for the minds of our children. The bill's floor manager, Republican Senator Amy Sinclair, gives extensive closing remarks. This is not an attack on teachers or public schools. This is not a bill designed to undermine public education. I and many of my Republican colleagues with school-aged children have them enrolled in public schools. What good would come from destroying the institutions that are supporting our own children? This bill is about rights, parental rights, and choice in education. It's that simple. Sinclair says public schools are allowed to have objectionable books and discussions. What happens when the resources used in classrooms and available in libraries are offensive to the very moral fabric of a family and a child and invade the space that should be reserved for families to explore as part of their fundamental rights as Americans and affirmed by by our very judicial and legislative processes since the beginning of this nation. Sinclair says she wants Iowa to have strong public schools, but those schools aren't for everyone. Determine for yourself if you agree with the premise that all children deserve a high-quality education, that all parents deserve access to the educational setting that best serves their child's needs, that all parents, not just those who have the means to pay for it, have the God-given right to direct the educational destiny of their children within their care. I value Iowa's strong history of educational success. I wholeheartedly support the men and women who have dedicated their lives to improving the lives of children through our public school system. But there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to student success. And parents not only deserve the opportunity to determine their child's educational future, but they have the absolute right to decide their course as Americans. This bill passes the Senate with all Democrats opposing as well as three Republicans. What an amazing day for our children and parents! The next morning, Governor Kim Reynolds publicly celebrates the bill's passage in front of an enthusiastic crowd at the Capitol. For the first time, we're funding students instead of a system. We're rejecting the idea that the answer to improving education is simply pumping more money into the same system year after year without making significant changes. And we are putting an end to the notion that competition is a zero-sum game. The governor is surrounded by legislative leaders, members of advocacy groups, and younger children. It is an honor and a privilege, and I could not be more excited to sign this bill into law. The new law will apply to the next school year, which is fiscal year 2024. Passage of such a large bill by both chambers on the same day during the first three weeks of the legislative session is rare. Most of this time is dedicated to hundreds of bills going through the subcommittee process, including one that would repeal a gender balance law for state boards and commissions. The idea that we would have a quota system in Iowa just seems short-sighted. The gender balance law does not deny any willing applicant an opportunity to serve. It advances from a full committee and is now eligible for the full Senate to debate. This is the weekly legislative podcast, Under the Golden Dome. The script editor for this episode is IPR News Director Michael Leland. Story help and additional audio comes from Grant Gerlach. More legislative stories are available from our Statehouse reporter, Katerina Sestarik at iowapublicradio.org. If you haven't subscribed to this show, do that now wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. I'm John Pimple. Under the Golden Dome is a production 
of Iowa Public Radio.